Amen. You may be seated. Well, when I think about the words of the third verse, and it talks about every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon his dial, that's not always easy to take in. To think that the happy things, well, that's not so hard to find. They come from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. What about the things that we don't understand and appreciate? The trials. The Word of God tells us that these also come from our Father's hand. And that's where faith must be engaged to enter into our lives when we see things happening that we don't get. We understand things are happening to us, but we don't know why. And those are the times that we must rest by faith in our God and know that He does all things well. Believer, can you rest in Him today on that truth? Can you trust Him with all your heart and be at peace for the very truth of this hymn? God's perfect peace is over all victorious. And He has promised that to be with us from beginning to end. Let's bow, please, before our God now in prayer. Our loving Father, at the very beginning of our time of worship, we are conscious of our need of the Holy Spirit to help us in our praise, to help us, Lord, in our praying to help us, dear Father, in every part of this meeting, that the Word of God would be fastened to our minds, that it would be flowing forth from our hearts, and that we as Your people would reflect the beauty and the brightness of our Lord Jesus at all times. Yes, Lord, we can take and do so readily, the blessings and the benefits that come from Your kind hand. Lord, the greatest of all these benefits to us, the forgiveness of sin, the joy of Christ in our hearts, the knowledge that our sins have been washed away and that we have a home in glory. These things are wonderful, Lord. They are blessings that are multiplied to us over and over again. Dear Father, give us, we pray, the strength of heart and mind and faith to understand and take in that the, the hard things, the trials of our lives, they also come from our loving Heavenly Father. Help us to understand, Lord, that You will never do us any harm and always every mercy, every detail, every trial is for our good and our improvement and for the glory of Your great name. Dear Lord, hear our prayer today. Pour out Your grace abundantly. Pour out the spirit of understanding and discernment upon us. For Lord, in this evil day, 
as the people of God, as your children. Father, we must walk in light. We must walk in wisdom. And I pray for a double portion of discernment to be poured out upon all of us in our time. We stand today, Lord, in as great a need as ever. I pray for your great blessing to be upon every family in our fellowship. Bless fathers and mothers. Bless children. Bless our young adults. May all of us be soul winners for Jesus. And I pray that there would be household salvation. Dear God, do a deep work of grace. We know it is no mistake that we are here in your house today. It is no mistake, Lord, that someone has tuned into our service online. And I pray there would be a word in season to arrest those who are unsaved, to bring them to the foot of the cross where they will call out, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Save today, Lord, we pray. Work effectually in the hearts of those who are still lost. And I pray, Father, that each one of us may know the growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Father, help us in our land today. Help us in our province, in our city. We ask, dear God, for your intervention. We are praying for the restraint of evil and the blessing of that which is right and true. Father, have mercy upon our nation today, I pray. Give understanding to our leaders. Give divine restraint to wicked minds and overturn every one and every force and power that would try to devalue the Word of God. Try to stop and hinder that which is right and true. Lord, hear our prayer today. We are powerless, but Lord, we come to our God that is all-powerful, the omnipotent ruler of heaven. Hear our prayer. Remember the sick of our fellowship. Remember those who are shut in, can't be out at the house of God. Remember our brother Steve Kelly today. Remember Serene. Remember our brother Ron today, Lord. We comfort many others who are recently bereaved, who are still grieving the loss of loved ones. Dear Father, give us joy in the Spirit of God today and help us in our worship. For we pray all these things now in Jesus' worthy and holy name. Amen. Psalm 121. You'll find the Psalms at the back of our book, and I encourage you to find a hymnal that is near to you. Uh, our projector is still not working today, but we're going to sing the Lord's praise and lift up your voices. Don't have your heads pointed down into your hymn book, but lift up your voices as much as you can as we stand again to sing 
the Lord's praises. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 26. Isaiah, chapter 26. And if you don't have your Bible, you can find one of those red pew Bibles in a pew near you or around you. And don't be bashful to step out of your seat and go and get one if you have to. That's not a problem. And it's good to see folks who are helping others to navigate through the uh, hymn book and the psalm book and if you see someone that doesn't have a book or is a little bit uncertain, well, you make a beeline to help them and be sure we don't want anyone to miss out as we are either singing the hymns of the Lord or else reading His own precious Word. Isaiah 26, the first four verses. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. May God bless his word to your hearts as we have read today. Very happy to have you in the Lord's house this morning. You're very, very welcome. And if you're here in person, or maybe you have joined us online today, we're very happy that you're here. Some names I do have, and some I may not, but don't think you're any the less welcome. 
we want to say a special word of welcome to Pauline, who is joining us all the way from Jamaica. And she is our brother Andre Lyon's mother. And so we're very happy, Pauline, that you're visiting here in the service this morning. And we trust the Lord would encourage your heart and would bless you. And again, I say, if I don't know exactly your name and uh, I don't have your identification, you're nonetheless all the welcome instead, and we don't want to leave anyone out. Please uh, think about our Sunday school boys and girls. Today is our last day of Sunday school before the uh, break for the summer. And in our opening session downstairs, we had an opportunity of making some presentations to the boys and girls who have been learning their memory verses and hiding God's Word in their heart and how important this is. And I want to encourage you uh, parents or grandparents as we start up again in September to be sure that you bring your little ones to Sunday school. Uh, They might learn the Word of God and be taught the lessons from God's holy and precious Word. Let me remind you, please, of some important ministry that's happening today and also in this incoming week, and then some advanced things as well. This afternoon at 4.50, we'll be having our monthly session and board. The elders and the deacons will be meeting for an hour of prayer. As they are praying, you might be at home, but don't be forgetting to pray for the ministry of our congregation and those whom God has set in the place of pillars in the church and those who have the responsibility. And these men, I can assure you, take very seriously the responsibility that God has placed upon them. And as you are praying for them, they will be enabled by the Spirit of God to do that work properly and carefully and spiritually. And so, As we pray today, you join along. Then at 5.50, it will be our pre-service prayer time, and everyone is welcome to be in attendance at that. Our evening service at 6.30, and I trust to continue our study in the book of Daniel. We will be having a fellowship time after the evening service tonight, and so please come prepared and looking forward to that after our evening service. On Wednesday night of this week, we have our Bible study and prayer time, and I want to remind again the Sunday school staff that it will be a prayer time, the last one of the season, and an opportunity even to share a few of the blessings that you have received over the year, and to be praying for all the boys and girls, especially of the Sunday school and our young adult classes and the adult class as well. This coming Friday, July the 1st, is Canada Day, and we will be having a church family barbecue. That will be at 5 p.m. If you haven't put your name on the list, do so today as the cutoff so that we know how much uh, preparation needs to be made. And that will be at 5 p.m. on Canada Day. And it will go just until uh, dark, and there will be some fireworks also that night. It's often opportunity for a time of fellowship. This is the first time we've actually done this on Canada Day. Usually our barbecue is in September, but we thought we would make a change this year and hope you'll come along and enjoy. 
Next Lord's Day, our service is 11 in the morning, 6.30 at night. And a couple of advance announcements. I don't want to forget these two because they are important. Starting July the 4th, we are recommencing our Sports Fellowship Night. And that's a Monday evening, July the 4th, from 6 to 9 o'clock or around that time uh, generally. And uh, you're, everyone's allowed to come if they would like to just in our school gymnasium. There will be some badminton or volleyball or uh, some pickleball, other things that people enjoy playing. We haven't been able to do this for a couple of years now as we all realize the shutdowns, but we want to start this again. Our brother Kingsley Jew is heading that up. And then on July the 9th, that's a Saturday, this is an announcement for the young people, our young adults. We'll be having a fellowship and outreach, not an outreach per se, but a fellowship outing in Fenland Falls. And so if you would like to be a part of that, you could see Brother Daniel Simon or else also Jonathan McAnally. Give them your names. Let them know you're going to be attending. They'll probably be sending out an email notice to you just on the details of that, and then you can reply if you're able to attend. Well, this time of the service is one of those happy and sad occasions, and I see Mrs. Blair is in the service. I'd like you to come, please, to the pulpit at this time. We have a, a special presentation to make uh, to Mrs. Blair at this time because it's one of those occasions where uh, she has served for a long time in our Sunday school, but she thought it was time for her to retire. So Heather, I'd like you to come right to the front here. I, I was warned uh, at no public presentations allowed, none. And so I didn't even tell her that she was coming up this morning because I knew she might have gone in the opposite direction. So you're here and you can't run. But I want you to remember she is my sister in case any of you did not know. Sister in the flesh and also a sister in the Lord. But don't hold that against me. Um, so it's been a, a very... I know that all of you have been praying for Heather and for Ron a lot. And uh, our brother Ron had a a difficult week. Last Monday, he had a very bad fall and uh, broke three of his ribs and uh, is in uh, a lot of pain. I think it subsided a little bit, but you know when you can't do much with broken ribs, they just send you home with some medication and you have to get better. Well, it's more complicated, of course, with our brother Ron because his mobility is greatly limited. And uh, so I would ask you to continue to pray for him. But I know many of you have been praying for Heather as well, and uh, she greatly appreciates that uh, And this time as she's taking care of her husband. Heather has been serving in our Sunday school, if you can believe it, for 40 years, and serving right back nearly at the very beginning in the commencement of our church and of the work among the boys and girls in the Sunshine Room. And those are the little ones, and the people who have been involved in that ministry have been very dedicated and have done so tirelessly, and Heather has been a part of that ministry for many, many years. And it's with sadness, as we've had several retirements recently, people are of two minds when they think about that. They want to keep on going in ministry, 
but also feeling it's time for maybe the younger ones to get involved and come into the work. And so we want to give a plaque to Heather today and also a small gift just to mark this occasion and to give our thanksgiving. So the plaque reads, presented to Heather Blair on your retirement from Sunday school, the session, board, and congregation of Toronto Free Presbyterian Church express deep gratitude and appreciation for 40 years of faithful service. We give thanks to God always for you, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Heather whispered thank you, but she didn't want to actually say it out loud. Nonetheless, I know she's very much appreciative of the prayers of all of the Lord's people. And I said a word of thanks to our Sunday school teachers today, just briefly in the opening session downstairs, who've been involved this year in the work and serving the Lord. It's been a tough year for them because the Sunday school teachers, they come prepared with a lesson, and they're hoping that more children will be in the class. And that's been certainly the prayer of all of us, that God would bring young families and bring more boys and girls to the Sunday school, because as a result of COVID, everything shut down and extra concern about children and so on. Well, it just meant that the program had really not been in operation the way it should have been. I know we had behind-the-wall program and some other ministries we tried to do on the Lord's Day, but it's not quite the same as being in a class with the boys and girls. And so let us all add this to our prayer that God would bring in more families, more opportunities, and then more of young people to be involved in this ministry. On that note, at the, in the end of August, near, uh, near the end of August, we're planning our second Sunday School Seminar and we'll give you more details about that a little bit later on. But Reverend Ian Golliher will be our special keynote speaker for that time and bringing a challenge uh, to our prospective and current Sunday school teachers. So we're looking forward to that as well. We'll sing again to the Lord's praise at this time, number 376, O Peace, the peace that my Savior gives. The tune is to face to face with Christ my Savior, so the tune is familiar, and I'm going to ask the piano, the organ, to play through one verse as you're watching the words, and then remain seated as we sing these verses. 376.
verse 1. for our final verse, please. Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. Jesus said, If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence." Bow, please, for prayer. Father, we pray now, as your word is open, that our hearts will be open to the listening voice of the Spirit of God, and that, Father, where there are those unsaved, bring them to Christ, young or old. And dear God, comfort our hearts today with the power of your holy truth. 
Give me strength to speak the word clearly, that anointing from heaven that is not man-made, not manufactured by the will of the flesh or the will of men. But dear God, come and speak through your servant today. Hear my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 27 is the text I want to leave with you this morning. And these words of Christ, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The enduring possession of the peace of Christ. The enduring possession of the peace of Christ. Unless you are brand new to this country, or this world for that matter, you will not need to know and hear that the world is in turmoil. Whether it is from political strife, whether it is from economic disaster, if it is because of famine or of earthquake or of some other natural disaster, and then you move from there to the acts that are going on today, horrendous persecution against people, genocide, terrorism, health issues. We are in a world of great unrest and great turmoil. And perhaps you have been thinking, observing these things as we've been considering in our study, that are we in the last of the last days? Are we in the time of the Scripture's fulfillment of seeing these things come to pass around us? My dear friend, it seems that the wicked is increasing and spreading himself like the green bay tree, like a weed that springs up in the garden and grows underground, coming up in many, many different places. And when it takes root, it encircles and strangles other plants. Yes, the wicked goes about unraveling and strangling everything that is called good. One of the difficulties that Christians face is that sometimes we can become confused. Confused even what to believe and who is telling the truth and who are we to have confidence in, overwhelmed maybe by the rapid growth of unbelief an unbelief that is infecting even the youth within our churches, within our families. This is a plague. I was addressing our grade 12 graduate students on Thursday night, sharing with them the need it is to stand for the Lord in these last days, 
to stand for the Lord because you do not know how much time you have left. We do not know how much of a testimony we will be able to give. But for young and old to determine in the heart, I must stand for God in these evil days. And it sometimes is a difficulty because you don't know exactly where the evil is coming from. Where will it spring up again? How will I know how to address that? How will I know how to cope with those things? And when we're dealing with the rejection of truth, the Bible set aside, the Bible now termed hate literature. Friends, we're coming again to a time very, very swiftly that the Word of God will be outlawed if not directly, then indirectly, and those who promote its truth will be arrested and imprisoned. So what are we to do? Christian, the only thing that you and I can do is to come back again to rest firmly upon the foundation of God's Word, the truth that we know is right. And when we are in a bit of a quandary, when we are puzzled, not knowing the direction to go, come back again to the Word of God, depending on the Spirit of the Lord to reveal His truth. But you must be in the Scripture in order to draw benefit from it. It's not enough for it to sit on the shelf. It's not enough for it to sit in your car glove compartment. It's not enough just to be on your phone. Friends, it must be in our hearts. It must be the daily spiritual food to strengthen our spirits if we are going to go on with God and make a stand for Him. The only place that you will find common sense, the only place that you will find stability and peace in a chaotic world is found in God's holy truth. One of the problems in the modern church today is that because of so much information, it seems the Bible might be received, recognized, even honored, and yet there's so much of the world's thinking and philosophy that has come into the mind and heart that those things seem to push away the dependence and the authority of Scripture in our lives. Let's say before God today, I want my Christian life to be four firmly, four square upon God's authoritative Word. I don't want to wander from that, Lord. Please, Father, keep me from wandering away. I am not strong myself. I need the Spirit of the Lord to be giving me that direction. We must come again to God's Word and take the promises that the Lord has given us in His truth and take these promises resting on the Word of Christ. And so when we think about verse 27 of John 14 and the words that Jesus gave us here, they are, well, they're solid words for us to stand on. And they are great comfort to the heart. 
in our day. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These are, among my dear friends, the last words that Jesus spoke as the final verse of John 14 indicates before he went away. Now, we still have some teaching in John 15 and 16, and they are very precious, but perhaps this is given by way of a summary. Yes, they were among these last words, but yet there was further instruction that Jesus had to give. And he gave it to these men in the time of their difficulty and grief and upset. He gave it to them when He was going to be taken from them, their Master and their Lord, by suffering and death, by cruel death on the cross. But He is the Prince of Peace. And He is able to quiet the storm. He is able to calm the water and smooth the rough places. For Christ brings order when there is confusion. He brings peace when there is a storm. He brings satisfaction when there is unrest. And why is that? How is that? Well, friends, I say to you in the first place today, because the peace of Christ is real. It is real. He said, My peace. Christ Jesus is the very source of peace to the human heart. He is the author. He is the giver. He is the fountain of life and the fountain of peace. We know that every fountain has a source. And what is the source of the peace? that we're talking about here, this true peace is only found in Jesus Christ. He said, it is my peace. I say to you today that it is based on a trinity of love. In answer to the disciples' question, and specifically it was Judas here, not Iscariot. Judas asked, how will you manifest yourself unto us and not to the world? It was a real practical question when the Lord Jesus was teaching these men that very truth. They were thinking all physically. How can it be that we will see you, we will know you, You will make yourself known to us, but not to the world. Jesus answered in verse 23, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And note this, my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode 
with him. Then in verse 26, he says, the Comforter is promised to come and instruct your minds. What do we have here, friends? We have before us the Trinity that is presented in these few verses, and the Trinity of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. What are they doing? They are operating in the lives of believers. And their operation and the primary characteristic that will flow out of the life of a Christian when the Father is dwelling in us, when the Son is dwelling in us, when the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is being our motivating principle, what will be the outcome seen in your life? It will be that your life demonstrates God's peace through It's an amazing fact. It's a wonderful truth that the Trinity of God's holy persons abiding in the lives of every single one of you. If you are a Christian here today, the Trinity is abiding in you. It is astounding to think about that truth. And the peace that Jesus says is my peace, it is seen in reality in our lives. Now you might question today, right now, but I don't seem to see that peace in my own heart. You might be questioning and saying, there's so much going on in my life. I'm so upside down. I don't seem to have that peace that's being spoken about here. What's wrong? What's going on? Well, friend, quite frankly and practically, the reality of the peace of Christ, if it's not being evidenced in our lives, then we will do well to bring ourselves back to the foundation of the Word of God and begin to do a little digging. Do a little investigating in your own heart. Because that investigation, thoroughly performed by God's Spirit and with an open, earnest heart of a Christian, you will get the answers you are seeking. We will come to know the reason why we are seeing an absence of this real peace that Christ has promised. What it might be? We have wandered away from the Lord. Maybe we have backslidden in some degree and we become cold in our hearts. When coldness comes into a Christian's life, one of the first things that will happen is that there will be uncertainty. There will be the the, the idea of taking a step but I'm not sure if I can take that step. I I don't know really where I'm going. I don't sense God's abiding presence with me. I don't sense the peace of Christ. And so when we acknowledge that and come back to the Word and say, Father, I want this peace, I say to you today again and guarantee you upon the authority of Scripture If you're coming to seek the Lord for the peace of God in your heart and to know the reality of that peace, He will answer that prayer 
the Lord will make known to you, friend, what it is that's being a block. What is the obstacle in your life to knowing His peace? This is a marker, and it's a very vital marker in the life of God's children because the Lord Jesus has said it. He is giving to us His peace, and to know the reality of it is going to be abiding on the promises that He has made, backed by the Trinity and the authority of the love of God. I say to you also, it is backed by an authoritative word. You may have a Bible that is marked with red lettering for the words of Jesus. Now, sometimes people can be a little bit distracted by that, and they might think, well, I want to really read the red letters because they are more the Word of God maybe than the other letters in the Bible. No, that's not right, friend. Don't think that. When we come to God's Word, we believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It is the complete canon of God's revealed truth. And the Lord has given to us that instruction in His Word. Now, some of the Bible is inspired history. Some of it is inspired commentary where it's giving you a record of the conversation of the devil and what the devil's all about, what he's doing. Well, of course, we're not supposed to follow the devil's activity, but the Lord gives us that truth in order for us to know the reality of what's going on. But then, of course, we have the inspired promises and the teaching to instruct our hearts. And when we have that, dear brother and sister, and when it comes to us so directly and so pointedly as the words of Christ here, then we will take those words to our heart, praying them into our souls, and praying the Lord will instruct us by this authoritative word. I'm speaking about all the Bible. Every word of God is pure. Thinking about that today with our boys and girls as they're memorizing the Scripture, how important it is for us all to know every word of God is pure. It is right. It is true. We can depend on God's truth. Of all the attributes that mark the perfection and the beauty and the glory of our Lord, we have the description in Isaiah 9, verse 6, that calls Him the Prince of Peace. What a title! He is the Prince of Peace. And whenever the Prince, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, when He speaks His Word, it comes to us with divine authority. He is our sovereign ruler and king. And He has absolute authority to give. And therefore, when He gives something, we want to be the first in line to receive that gift. Some think they have authority, but they are really imposters. 
They are frauds, scammers, and liars. The devil comes to us at that, with that qualification at times, for he is the father of lies. He comes as an angel of light, speaking what he wants us to believe is the truth, but it's absolutely the farthest thing from the truth, because that which is close to the truth, presented and is counterfeit, can sometimes be the most deceptive. Some things are more deceptive than others. Dr. McClellan keeps a tally of duct cleaner calls, and I'm not sure, brother, whether you're up to, is it 170? 250. Oh, that's gone a lot from the last time that I remembered. 250 calls have come into his house. He answers the phone a lot more than I do. Have come into his house claiming to clean your ducts. 250 of them, I guarantee you, are bogus. And yet, some people must be taken in by these because they keep coming. So I don't know who it is that's getting their ducts clean and getting scammed and having their credit card f uh, compromised. But nonetheless, there are those who are, well, let's say they can be so evidently scammers. I heard a report recently about another cryptocurrency scam, and those are becoming quite prevalent. And people have lost thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. A lot of times in those cases, it's just a result of greed, trying to get rich quick kind of schemes, and they oftentimes will fall down flat. Satan is the greatest scammer, and he's the greatest scammer because he's the best at what he comes to do. And his words are smooth, and his words are quick, and his words are very close to the truth. And he claims, friend, to come and offer peace to the heart. He claims to be one who is able to satisfy with all that He presents in the world that will bring satisfaction and fulfillment. But He is the greatest deceiver and the Father of deceivers. But when Jesus said these words, I give, it's the word of a gentleman. It was David Livingston, the great missionary, explorer, and missionary, that said to believe the promise of Jesus is to believe the promise of a perfect gentleman, one who always keeps his word. And friends, today, as we think about the promises of our Lord, He is the perfect man. He is the perfect Savior. He is the perfect gentleman. And when our Lord tells us these things, we do well to rest upon them. It is a gift. It's not something that we can work for. It's not something that you and I can earn. And when God gives to us a gift, He does not take it back again. Now, we may lose the sense of it due to our present circumstances, or maybe, as I've already mentioned, a bit of a coldness of heart, drifting away, got away from God, 
Or maybe, friend, quite frankly, you don't even know if you're saved. Well, if you don't know if you're saved, if you don't know you're a believer, then definitely you do not have the peace of God in your heart. And so what is the outcome, the remedy? You must know Him. You must come to believe in Christ today and believing on Him and receiving Him as your own then. Then you can come to this promise. Then you can come to know the One in whom all peace resides and how He can bestow that peace to your heart today. This peace is also reinforced by omnipotent power. The Comforter is said to be given. Verse 26, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things. Much of chapter 16 deals with the ministry and work of the Comforter, and we will come to that in detail later on in our study. But here we have the reinforcement given to us of the peace that Jesus is talking about because He speaks of the Father, He speaks of Himself, and He gives to us the Word that the Comforter reinforces this truth to our minds because He is present with us, teaching us all truth, bringing all things to our remembrance. And by the way, that does not mean that you're going to ace every exam that you will ever write. It doesn't mean all of those things. It means every piece of divine truth that is necessary for our development and advancement in the likeness of Christ. Reinforcing this truth by divine and omnipotent power. Encouraging us that because of our Lord's work on the cross, we are justified. And as the Spirit bears record and witness with our spirit that we have been justified by the atoning work of Jesus, that He has died for us, we'll say with Romans 5 and verse 1, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I say to you today that the peace of Christ is real. We must move on. A second thought is this. The peace of Christ, it is priceless. A value that cannot be measured. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Lord Jesus said, having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. So, when a man possesses this gift, he not only has real peace, but it is a lasting state that neither diminishes nor erodes with use. The more that you depend on the peace of Christ, the more you see this in your heart and life in every circumstance, you come to understand it's the real estate of what we come to rest on. 
Listen to the words of J.C. Ryle. He says, Peace is Christ's peculiar gift. Not money, not worldly ease, not temporal prosperity. These are at best very questionable possessions. They often do more harm than good to the soul. They act as clogs and weights to our spiritual life. Inward peace of conscience arising from a sense of pardon, sin and reconciliation with God is a far greater blessing. This peace is the prosperity of all believers. And I believe he adds that last part in there to reassure people that Jesus is not just talking to his disciples and it doesn't apply to you and me today. No, the word is for all of us. He said Christ didn't promise wealth or possessions or the earthly things. Why? Because so often that stuff does us more harm than good. Sometimes you might wonder, friends, how come I'm not as well off as another Christian or someone else in the world? Never be complaining against God for these matters. The Lord gives to you what you need. He gives to me what I need. And quite frankly, many of us could not be trusted with great wealth and riches because we would consume upon ourselves. We would, well, it would destroy us. And our Father knows best for all that we need. But what He does give you in abundance is the peace that is of great value. It's a worth that cannot be properly comprehended. When Christ gives, He does so not sparingly, but He does so with great bounty. It's a very precious possession. Have you thought recently of the possession and the benefit of the peace of God? It passes all human understanding. And it fills the heart with comfort in the most difficult of times, in the most trying of circumstances. The peace of God is that which is your possession and a worth that cannot be fully comprehended. This is, dear friend, today our experience and our inheritance. For the Lord said, I give unto you. There is no sense of uncertainty in that statement. Some inheritances that are on the books might be good. Some might be not so good. And it might cause unrest and grief and fighting and bickering. But no, friend, the peace that the Lord gives to us is of immeasurable worth and value. And the Apostle Paul said that my God is able to supply all your need, all your peace, according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And it's something, friend, that should never be traded. It's a commodity that should never be traded. 
When Paul spoke about the peace of God that passes all understanding, which would keep our hearts and minds through our Lord Jesus, he was meaning by that that you cannot quantify the value of it. You cannot properly understand the worth and the value of it. And it's something that we should never barter away. Sometimes we can barter away our peace by longing for something trying to get something that we want so desperately to have. And we try to open this door and break through that barrier that maybe the Lord's setting in front of us. And we want to get that. You know what happens sometimes? The Lord may allow us to get it. And we will find out we bartered away our peace. And it left us in sadness and sorrow and disappointment. It left us unsatisfied and unfulfilled. We ought to come back very quickly to the fountain of everlasting joy and satisfaction and peace that there is in the knowledge of Christ. Abraham, God's faithful servant, he knew what it was to have God's peace upon him. He was a wealthy man. He was a very rich man among those that he traveled among as nomad. And yet, the greatest thing that Abraham had was the peace of God. As he was searching for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker was God, and as he was on his earthly journey toward that heavenly spiritual possession, he knew the Lord's peace in him because all the other things that he did possess were all kept in perspective. They were kept in the right place. Psalm 119 tells us, Great peace have they that love thy law. The Word of God, hidden in the heart, influencing the mind, directing the life. God's holy Word brings to us great peace. And have we not read already in Isaiah 26, verse 3, that God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Every single believer in Christ, we have this peace as a gift given to us. And let the Holy Spirit do His work in our lives. Let that truth be written on our hearts. But I wonder today, my dear friend, if you're here in the service and you have never trusted in Christ and you do not know Him as your own and you do not know the peace of God that does pass all understanding, then come to Jesus now. Don't delay. Don't put it off. Come and trust in Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Because when you know Him and when He has washed your sins away, you will have His joy. You will have trouble too, I will tell you. Because once you come to Jesus, you will really know what fighting against sin is all about. You'll know what battling the devil is all about. You'll know trial and trouble. The Lord said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But when we have this gift of Christ in our hearts, and when we experience it in our lives, 
And we can say, thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. Matthew Henry wrote this. He said, when Christ left the world, He made His will. His soul He bequeathed to the Father. His body to Joseph of Arimathea. His clothes fell to the soldiers. His mother He left to the care of John. But what should He leave to His poor disciples who had left all for Him? Silver and gold He had none. But He left them that which was far better, His peace. It's something that Jesus values greatly. It's something that the world knows nothing about. But it is, my dear, my dear brother and sister in Christ, it is a great jewel. It is precious gold in the heart of the child of God. Do you have this peace that passes all understanding? What will it do for you? My, it will give you a deep settledness in walking in this world. It will give you a happiness and contentment that others will only marvel at. It will give you stability in an unsettled world. Yes, it will give you a visible testimony of God's great grace in your heart. Pray its truth into your soul today that you might know and trust and love Him more and more. Let's close our service by singing a hymn about that very subject. Number 371. 371. When peace, like a river, tendeth my way, and sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Standing to sing 371.
Father, we pray today that any soul unsaved, anyone who does not know the peace of God that passes all human understanding, that you would speak to their heart today. Be with every believer. Strengthen all our hearts. Help us to rest in a world filled with turmoil, to rest in the assurance and the stability, the quietness of our abiding Savior with us as well. Lord, be with everyone in the service here today. Happy that young Paulo's with us, and I pray, Lord, your blessing would be upon him today as well, visiting. Lord, hear us today. Encourage us in all things. We ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.